Welcome to the Salted Carmel Podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Parish. We have the opportunity to hear individual faith stories and learn how God has touched our parishioners' lives in their spiritual journeys. I'm Jody Curtis, a parishioner, and with me is my very sunburned co-host, David Cook. David is the stewardship director at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. David, who's our guest today? Our guest today is Lou Pies. Lou, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. It's great to be here. Glad we finally Thank roped you. you in. Yeah. We had Rebecca a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. You. She was the popular one at the house at the time. Well, we wanted the star. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what so hounding you down trying to get this interview. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about when you started the parish and all the things you've done at OLMC? Wow. We don't have time for all yeah, We don't. Quick, quick oh. Yeah, no, yeah. So uh, so really blessed to be here uh, at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Um, my first day was September 1st of 2005. Uh, I remember I went to Mass that day. Father Richard asked me if I would carry candles from someplace, and I grabbed them. It came around, and the bottom fell out, and candles busted all oh. over the— uh, as well as the fire alarm went off my oh, first no. day as well. So it was just one of those, oh, like, no. all this different stuff. But, yeah, no, yeah, so, so September 1st, <laughs> there 2005. Any, any omens or anything? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. it. I mean, they were holy candles, I guess. Oh, of but, course. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so and uh, just really landed at the parish. I'm excited about uh, – Youth ministry. I had done youth ministry in South Bend, Indiana for seven years prior to that. Mm. And uh, that's a whole long backstory, but really was led here from a parent who was at Mass and heard that the position was open at Our Lady. And um, there are lots of little integral pieces there that led me to apply and then eventually interview and then come down and uh, and then take the position. So, um, yeah. yeah. So it's it was a really beautiful transition for our family. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we are very fortunate to have you here. Well, thank so. you. Yeah, it's been great. And tell us, are you a cradle Catholic or what was your faith journey like early in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was raised, uh, I'm, I'm Hispanic. And so uh, raised uh, in a family of five boys and one girl, uh, oldest, the youngest is 18 years. I'm the second youngest. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, uh, mass every every weekend um, was not really um, connected or engaged in my faith um, up until really my my graduating senior year of high school uh, was kind of a reversion uh, conversion um, to a really understanding of Christ in particular in the Eucharist and uh, and just my life just kind of mushroomed and flowered from there. Um, but yeah, I grew up Catholic and and knew all the all the pieces. Was an altar boy, uh, you know, all those things. But um, but really came to my the ownership of my faith uh, when I was eighteen. Tell us more about that. What what specifically happened? Yeah, so that again, long journey. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I actually I went on an Antioch retreat. I had an older brother. Um, I have a few older brothers, but one of my older brothers um, had uh, was a, a big time into bicycling, and actually got hit by a car and was taken to the ER. And at the ER, he met a nurse that was doing youth ministry at a local parish. Um, and so he started getting involved with the Antioch Youth Ministry Program there at that parish, Holy Family in Caledonia, Michigan. And um, kind of, you know, I was young and I watched him kind of go through his conversion, but I didn't really have any kind of grasp or understanding of that. So when I was in 10th grade, he asked me to go on an Antioch retreat. Uh, so I did. Uh, but at the time in high school, just really kind of had more of kind of the party atmosphere and a lot of friends and, and a lot of things going on there. So I went on this weekend and just really felt like these people are really nice, but I don't really want anything to do with them. <laughs> uh, and so just really kind of stepped away from that. But 
really looking back, there was a seed that was deeply planted in my heart that I had no idea was mm. was there. Um, and so two years later, he then asked me again to go uh, on another retreat. It's at the Franciscan University of Steubenville in Steubenville, Ohio. Uh, I get on a bus and um, I put my hat down. It's a seven, six hour, seven hour drive from Grand Rapids, Michigan to, wow. uh, to Steubenville. And my goal was just to try to not talk to anybody, <laughs> just go through the retreat and come home. So I made it the full six hours there without anybody really engaging me. Uh, went through the retreat weekend, got to the, to the last on Sunday and really thought, well, these people are quite a bit more weird than the people I met in 10th grade. Uh, they're kind of hugging and, and smiling and clapping and stuff like that. And uh, and so I got on a bus and I thought, okay, if I can just put my hat down and make it back all the way, mm-hmm. I think I'll be good. I made it five hours um, and I had a young lady that turned around and started talking to me. And we started talking kind of back and forth. And by the time we kind of arrived back, there was a, a, a setup to go out, uh, not so much on a date, but more of just kind of like, there's a tractor pull. This mm-hmm. I grew up very rural in Byron yeah, Center, course. Michigan. Uh, tractor pull. And so, yeah, I'll meet you. And then the girl that I actually kind of liked um, was able to go. The other girl, I liked her, but I didn't like her like the other girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wasn't able to go. And actually, I kind of began a relationship with this young lady. And that really was kind of the beginning of a newness for me. I remember the first time we went to dinner, um, the food came and she said, are we going to pray? And I was like. Uh, sure. But, <laughs> but I had really no concept of what it meant uh, to lead that. And so I just asked her to lead that. And, uh, sometime later we were, uh, going for a walk. Uh, we were camping with our family and she said, do you want to pray the rosary? And, uh, again, I said, sure. But I had no concept of really what that was. And, uh, but it, but, but that relationship went on for about nine months. And then when I always tell the story of the kids, you know, it's kind of like, Everything in my world is like amazing. <laughs> I go and then, you know, she says, we have to talk. And you know what that means, right? Yeah, of course. And then she says the, the next line, which is, um, I think we'd be better off if we were just, and the kids always friends. finish it for me, friends. friends. Right, exactly, <laughs> friends. And so, you know, I'm in my head going, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But in my head, I'm like crushed. Oh. Uh, but, you know, it was that moment, I think, for me that I experienced, I experienced this de- depth of the Lord. There was, I think, some growth that was happening in my life. And then I got to this crossroad where I had kind of left some friendships. I left kind of a way of life that I was living that was not godly, that was not really immersed in the church. And I started immersing myself there. And now when this relationship ended, it was um, my favorite poem is by Robert Frost, and it's um, The Road Less less taken. So two, two, two roads diversion to the woods. I've taken the one less traveled and it's made all the difference. Mm-hmm. And so at this moment is where I kind of feel like that fork was in the road. Like you've just spent nine months kind of growing and learning the faith, um, for this individual. And, and now the question is, is, are you just going to, are you going to go back to the way you were or uh, has this been significant enough to make that change? And so obviously I'm sitting here today because I made that change. Yeah. I love it too, um, Lou, that some of those important or what you called the seeds were planted at retreats when now you have such an impact on so many students Mm -hmm. and our parish and are able to return to Mm -hmm. plant those seeds for them as well. Mm Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I think one of the ways that I've always felt like the Lord has used me in my ministry is, is, um, you know, I, I kind of look at myself as a dumb fisherman in the sense that I don't have all the answers and I'm not going to be able to direct every heart and soul. But if I can put them in a place or a space where they can encounter God, 
then the Lord will take care of the rest of that. And uh, and so that's always been kind of my mission is trying to create moments and places and spaces and opportunities for young people to recognize that God is very real. He very much loves them. The church very much loves them. And they don't have to walk this this by themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, we've been blessed um, for the last 16 years at Our Lady to, to have a lot of young people that have had those experiences and then have taken that on themselves to become um you know, just really beautiful members of the church, whether that be focused missionaries or net ministry uh, or working in the church at some capacity or, or seminarians uh, or, or sisters. Um, it's or just, married. Or married, actually. Yeah, a lot, a lot of beautiful. So there's been a lot of beautiful work. And I think it's because I've really not tried to I've really not tried to have people pray the way that I pray, but to offer them an opportunity to pray the way that the Lord wants to call them into the depth of his journey. I love it. So what's a... When I hear you explain that, it seems like parents would love to do that, to give their kids an opportunity to encounter God. Mm. But I feel like they fall into that pitfall of, here's how I've encountered God. Mm. Here's how you do it. What's a, How do you allow your family to encounter God and lead their prayer in their own way? Yeah, I, I think I would just simply say that I'm very blessed that I have four children that that um, are are pretty serious about their faith. And, and I say that because... I don't think there's anything special about Rebecca or I, um, less I than Rebecca. She's way more special than me. <laughs> but uh, I, I, really, I think what we've always tried to do is is kind of that same idea is placing truth, placing goodness, placing faithfulness in front of our children, but ultimately giving them the space to make it their own. I can only imagine how hard it is to be Lupai's kid uh, <laughs> on, on, on the Carmel campus, you know, at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there is that. And I think we've always, we've always just tried to, to let them be, to take it in when they're best able to take that in. So we've never really forced it on them. We've never said you have to do this. I, I will say, and I was just, I was just talking about this with Rebecca over quarantine when we were going to mass in our living room, um, just how, how blessed I think we are that there's never been an, a time that my our kids at this point have looked at us and said, you know what, we don't really want to go to mass or we don't really want to participate. Um, and so we, I just think, I think we're blessed. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe I can go into the philosophy and all kinds of other stuff, but really when it comes down to it, our kids have responded and we're blessed to have them uh, in our lives. And I think that's how we try to treat them um, as a blessing. So Nice. Yeah. And Lou, what is your life like in Christ now? Um, you know, uh, it's. Uh, I think one of the challenges about being a a um, like you working for the church, right, is that trying to separate that relationship with the Lord because you know you need it and you have to grow. To it's my job and it's my work. Um, so I think I think my life in Christ today, really over the last year and a half has been just kind of a refocus back towards kind of the fundamentals, getting back down to like who I am and my role within my family, my role within my work, my role within the community and what those really mean to me and trying to kind of place myself in a place where um, I'm experiencing the Lord enough because I could always experience him more daily, but enough that I feel like he's um, gently just continuing to lead me along that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing too is, um, you know, we have a youth holy hour uh, every Saturday night and I've been with high school students in a holy hour weekly 
for the last 26 years wow. uh, in, in ministry, in, in South Bend, before that in Grand Rapids, now here for the last 16 years. And I think there's something about like, like being there because I need Christ, but being there with young people because we need Christ um, continues to just drive me to, uh, you know, to put my life into that, that checkpoint of making sure that when I'm here with them, that I'm here for the same reasons that they are, which is to to try to be better, you mm-hmm. know, to try to grow in holiness. So, nice. wow, nice. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's a pretty pretty impactful moment for 26 years. Have right. <laughs> yeah, it's been prayer. it really has been powerful. I mean, I think it's been again. I think it's kind of like I have written on the back of a little brochure that we have, um, and I, I just really I, I do feel this, but I, I say in there my experience with the Blessed Sacrament, and I think I say something along the lines to our students like invite people often. You don't have to have all the answers, but if you invite them, Christ will have the answers for them. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always felt that. Like, again, I think with just, you know, trying to to be somewhat current in ministry and trying to stay at the head of the world, which is impossible. Like, we're, we're constantly watching our students uh, the challenges that come, whether it be like anxiety or depression, or it be like just being overwhelmed by the amount of tasks that are in a young person's life today mm-hmm. uh, is so great. And so I've always felt like I can't, I'm not going to have all those answers. I'm not going to have a program that's going to be able to encompass all of that, but I can continue to place young people in a place where we have a, a God that, that very much sincerely wants them to, uh, to just trust him in the midst of all of that and uh, placing their hearts there. So that's, it's been an important, I mean, the most fundamental thing to our ministry, I believe. So nice. Solid foundation. Yeah. Uh, speaking of foundations, who would you say would be your, your foundation, your that's biggest a, faith? That's a great question. I, you know, I would say along the, along the journey, I'm, I just turned 44 and um, I can count a, a few people. I think my, my oldest brother, Joe, for that, that, prodding and that invitation, even in the times when I was like, mm, this is good for you, <laughs> but I don't know if it's so good yeah. for me. Um, but I, I, you know, I think being raised in a family where we really, I think, um, respected one another, you know, my response was yes to that, not because I was jumping up and down, but because it was the right thing to do for, right. for family. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I think my brother Joe, for sure. Um, Deacon Ken Baldwin, who's now passed, but he was a huge influence Chris uh, and Eric Egler, um, Chris Chris Kreslins, Eric Egler, they were my kind of my in my conversion after I made that split and I walked started walking down that other road. Mm-hmm. They really kind of came in and were running a ministry in Grand Rapids that I eventually actually took over. They asked me to take it over, mm. and um, and so they were they were really big influences. Um, Father James Stoyle, uh, when I was in South Bend for seven years, uh, who really trusted me. I, I was when I moved to South Bend. I was 19 years old and mm-hmm. I started doing youth ministry at 19 wow. and uh, for him to kind of trust me with his students and to trust me and to lead me uh, that we had many, many conversations that were an hour and a half, two or three hours, just about what it meant to be faithful. And uh, so there was a lot of formation there mm-hmm. um, in that process. Um, you know, and certainly here, I think I, 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 I haven't done this so much uh, lately, Um but there was many times, um, which, which just reminds me that I really probably should do it again. But there, there were there were many times that I just felt like even kind of like laying in bed, I would text Father Richard and I would just thank him um, for 
uh, the support and for, you know, the love that he gave uh, to our family as we ministered here. And so that was really just a beautiful thing, too, to know that in the midst of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which is beautiful and big and moves at that pace, beautifully and big, uh, all the time, that there was always uh, a proponent in the midst of trying to work uh, hard to, to minister to the students. Um, so, yeah, so I'm sure there are many others, but those just popped in my mind uh, as I think about my own journey. Yeah. Nice. Like it. And Lou, what are you most grateful for this week? Uh, boy, this week. Um, yeah, I'd say my family. Uh, you know, um, I, I really am at a point right now where I'm, I'm very, uh, we have a retreat in two weeks with 151 kids. And so for confirmation and, uh, you know, it's, it's moved from South Bend to here to Garrett Catholic, which on paper looked really good. And it is very good. But just logistically to rewrite everything and to try to redo everything. So there's, there's a, a lot of high stress in me right now, even as I sit here. Um, but in the midst of it, uh, my daughter, Emily, just graduated for from Garrett Catholic High School. We have her um her party this Sunday and uh, just this week, just looking at her put together the collage with all of our pictures. And, you know, I mean, the, the best thing that you can do to clean your home is to have a huge party at it. Right? So, <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, That's exactly yeah, right. So, uh, so just watching her and then Rebecca over the last week, like finally print out pictures and put them up on the walls. And I've, I've every night I'm with a level and a hammer and nails, just nailing <laughs> up all these pictures all over the place. But, but really I would say uh, this week in particular, that's just really hit home about the beauty of our family and, and, uh, and really the gift the Lord has given us to be able to, to minister to uh, our parish, but even more importantly, to be able to be uh, parents to our children and, and the gifts that they bring us. And this has been a great reminder this past week of just seeing all these pictures from when they're, you know, so little to now uh, big and, and everything else. So for family this week, for sure. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, we like to say what keeps you salty. Essentially, we want to say, how do you keep your saltiness? How do you re- remain a good disciple? Mm-hmm. What What is the things that Lou Pies does to become a good disciple? So I, yeah, I try to make my day every day a prayer. Um, I, I really try to look at everything that comes down my plate, everything as a gift and as a prayer and something that I can try to give back to God. That, that I think, would be be something that I try to do consciously daily. Secondly, is it's really that, that holy hour, being in front of Jesus. Um, that has been something that has just continued to be um, a, a huge part of my life, that it, that it, it, uh, it, it just continues to be a place where I find myself in the midst of all of the, the, the hecticness sometimes coming back to, coming back to the Lord, um, to be his son. And, and what I mean by that is like, you know, from week to week, our lives are our lives, but then some weeks our lives are just so difficult and so hard, whether it be a passing of both of my parents have passed, whether it be a passing of, of, of them and being in that holy hour from week to week after that and to be thinking about them and, you know, sometimes doing a song, I, I might get emotional, uh, <laughs> but but there's a song in particular, uh, Here I Am to Worship, and mm-hmm. it's one of the last songs that I remember my dad singing next to me at Mass. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes when I'm doing that with the kids, uh, just, you know, it just brings me back and, and, and thankful. So I think I think Jesus in the Eucharist and that holy hour being so consistent, and I know many of our parishioners, I mean— so beautifully we have our, our adoration chapel with our doors. I know that they all experience that too in those hardship lives and those times throughout life when, you know, 
that life seems to be such a big wave up and down, the consistency of coming into the Lord and just sitting and going, this week was a big week. Uh, but knowing his consistency and his constant uh, being there uh, has been one of the things that I think really drives me mm-hmm. forward. Nice. So, Lou, we like to leave our listeners with a call to action. Do you have a call to action you'd like to ask them to do? Hmm, that's a great question. A call to action. I mean, I think if I, the, the, the Catholic answer is to be an evangelist and to go out and to share the gospel, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I, I guess I think the call to action is, is wherever you are, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to uh, be humble enough to maybe recognize that you don't have it all together, you don't have all the answers, and to ask for that help. And so if you're sitting there this week and you're, you think everything's good, but you know interiorly something's off, don't be afraid to ask. And, and what I mean by that, too, is ask another fellow faithful person, but don't be afraid to also in the journey um, seek help. Wherever that is, whether that be a priest or a good therapist, a good Catholic therapist, or a good brother or sister in Christ. Um, I, I, yeah, so I think the challenge this week is, is, is you kind of, wherever you're at, don't be afraid to ask for help in this journey. Nice. Good reminder for all of us. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Lou. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you yeah. for finally inviting me, David. <laughs> well, now we need to end with a prayer. Jody. <laughs> I'd love to pray. <laughs> Way to bypass that one. I'm trying to get Jody to pray. For everybody, sure you were I know that's why I went with him. you. <laughs> that's great. Go for yeah, it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Father, we thank you first and foremost for the gift of the church. Where would we be, Lord, without the constant um, vision and mission that the church draws in our in our heart and our life? And so we thank you, Lord God, for the church. And we ask you, Lord, that you might just help our hearts be unified um, with that gift. Uh, help us to recognize that we don't have to follow this and, and do this journey alone. Um, that you give us a, a beautiful church, a sacramental church, where we can literally bring you into ourselves. And then, Father, we thank you for the gift of our community, the gift of one another. Um, you know, just, just walking together in the midst of uh, sometimes pain and joy, but recognizing that um, we are all concerned about going towards the beatific vision, the ultimate destination for us, which is heaven, uh, where we can be in eternity with you. Um, we thank you, Father, for uh, the gift of our parish, in particular for, for Jody and David and their work as they continue to share the gospel through uh, through the podcast. We thank you, Father, do this in your name. Amen. 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 Our Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And to our listeners, stay salty.